Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist, to focus more on the emotional connection than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Hey listeners, and thanks for joining us for this mini-sode here at Feelin' Film. I'm Patch, and alongside me is my best friend and co-host, Aaron. Hello. We are also joined by Scott Conroy, the writer and creator of the new scripted podcast, Blackout. Scott, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Now, if you aren't familiar with Blackout, it's a story centered around the town of Berlin, New Hampshire, in the midst of a citywide blackout and the fallout that comes from that. It's narrated by and stars Oscar Award winner Rami Malek as Simon Atani, the local DJ. And it's got the flavor of shows like Lost and The Walking Dead. So if you guys are a fan of those, you'll want to check it out. It's eight total episodes, seven of which have released as of this conversation, and it's available via Apple Podcasts. Hey, everyone. Just a quick note that toward the end of this podcast recording, we experienced a little bit of audio issues with Scott where he tends to come in and out of focus a bit. His voice gets kind of deep for a few moments and segments. It doesn't last too long, and it's not that distracting. It also is still very much audible. You can hear him if you listen carefully. So we apologize for the those slight issues and hopefully won't have those in the future but please do continue to listen and we hope you enjoy this conversation so let's get started with the overall question most of your career scott has been spent in political reporting which is definitely a far cry from creating an audio drama how did you transition to script writing and is blackout your first project well yeah i mean i was a political reporter for about 10 years so so quite a long time you know, and I think that experience has been valuable for, for what I'm doing now uh, in a lot of ways, um, one of which is that I spent a lot of time in New Hampshire uh, covering presidential campaigns. So, you know, setting this podcast in the state is a decision that was very much based on my own experience. And I think, you know, having spent time on the ground there has been helpful to me to, you know, giving the uh, the project that sort of feel of authenticity, hopefully. As far as making the transition, I had I had always wanted to get into screenwriting. I had been sort of doing it on the side for quite a while. Um, and I actually, I created a, uh, a TV show called Embeds, which aired on Go90, which was Verizon's original content platform, which has since gone away in the two years since that show first aired. But that was my first foray into into screenwriting. I created the the show with a friend of mine, Peter Hamby, who's now uh, the head of news at Snapchat and was uh, a reporter for CNN for a very long time. And it was based loosely on our own experiences being, uh, you know, young campaign reporters on, on the presidential campaign. We shot it in Iowa and it was a whole lot of fun. Since then, I've been I, I, I've been out in L.A., working on various things, you know, in, in sort of all three formats, podcasts, TV and film. But but podcasts are definitely, you know, a medium that I think, you know, everyone's talking about them. Obviously, there there seems to be a lot of traction and a lot of excitement in the world of podcasts. And I think that's only going to increase, especially on the scripted front. Like, I just think there's so much opportunity and we're only scratching the surface now. Um, as far as, you know, where the format can go. And it's, it's such a fun throwback in a lot of ways to old 1930s radio dramas. But by the same token, it's, it's brand new. I mean, everyone's trying to figure this out right now. And as a former journalist, I mean, there's a lot of appeal 
to me because, you know, you can just go out and come up with an idea, get someone, you know, someone like Rami, hopefully, uh, who, who obviously has a ton of clout and just kind of go make it. There's a big difference between that process and let's say film development, which, you know, can take months or years. So I, I really appreciated kind of the turnaround time and being able to come up with an idea, execute it and get it out there into the world in a very abbreviated time frame. So that, that's one of the big advantages, I think, the podcast. Wow, that's awesome. So are you doing the script writing kind of full time now? Have you really just fully transitioned out of political reporting? I am. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing this full time. Awesome. So where did you come up with the idea then for Blackout specifically? And it's story of this whatever occurrence has happened to this mysterious thing that has shut down the power grid and seemingly in new hampshire and possibly elsewhere well i i originally had written a tv a, a, a pilot that was intended for a tv series that was similar it was actually called berlin and it it wasn't exactly the same there were some additional elements that i ended up taking out of that uh for the podcast but basically i had been doing a lot of reading about how vulnerable the power grid is and how the Russian government, for instance, its thought is basically already in the grid and, and could take it down by some people's accounts, um, basically whenever they feel like it, Chinese government as well. So it, it just, especially in light of kind of the current era that we're in, where these institutions that a lot of us have taken for granted over the years, it turns out that they may be a lot more vulnerable than we think. And so I've always been fascinated by this idea that kind of on the precipice of being in a state of, if not anarchy, um, dramatic change that could happen very quickly. And so I took that TV pilot and um, a former one of my former agents left CAA, which is the agency that I've been under, to start his own podcasting company. And so I started having conversation with him about, well, what if we turn this into a, into a scripted podcast instead of a TV show? And I think it made a lot of sense. You know, you don't want to just I, I don't think the podcast format is conducive to, to any kind of drama that you would put on TV and film. I think you really want to have a reason for why it should be a podcast. And there is something appealing to me about the idea of a blackout. And, you know, you as a listener are not, of course, able to see what's going on. And you sort of have to imagine. And, you know, there's something interesting about putting yourself as the listener in the shoes of the people who are experiencing a blackout and, and literally can't see what's going on around them at night. And so I thought for that reason, it made a lot of sense to do as a podcast. Yeah, it definitely does kind of feel almost like a throwback to War of the Worlds, where mm -hmm. people were listening and could feasibly maybe have to stretch the imagination a little bit, but you could feel like you were listening to something that could be happening. And it feels like something that could be the same where you're listening to this on the radio and Simon's broadcasting and you're learning of this. And so when you're driving down the street, listening to this podcast, this story in your car, it, it really is immersive in that way. Right. Yeah. And I, you know what? I, I had a conversation with um, actually one of the actresses that was in the show that, that embeds who's now doing uh, a podcast herself, which is which is interesting to me because I think more and more actors are going to be getting involved in this. You know, it makes a lot of sense for them. And it's it's a it's a new muscle for them to flex. But she was talking about how she's found that in a lot of ways, podcasts, the scripted podcasts are actually very counterintuitively, I guess, the most visual medium of all because you're asking your audience to imagine the world that you're you're creating for them and in the same way as when you're reading a book you have to you're, you're asking the, the the audience or the reader to create this in their minds and use their imagination 
in a way that they don't have to do when they're when they're watching a TV show or or watching a movie. And so there's something re- really exciting about that, I think, and kind of more engaging, I think, for the audience than than some of the other media. And so you know, we we really tried to keep that in mind as we were going about developing this podcast. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of when you take a book and you adapt it to a movie, some of the complaints that come over from that where, oh, that wasn't in the well, that wasn't in the movie that was in the book or vice versa, or you change this character. And we've talked several times online and offline about the fact that you're dealing with interpretation when you go into a film world because now you're giving your audience more of those sensory triggers, not just audio, but visual and everything else that is really making up the interpretation of the filmmaker. And I think that radio dramas, in this case, scripted podcasts, take you back and allow that power to be put into the hands of your your audience. Totally. And, yeah, and there's, some, it, there's something pretty inter- – it's almost like it's there's an, it's, it's not interactive um, uh, literally um, in the way that, you know, a, a video game is, I guess. But you're just you're just asking more of the audience. And I think there's something appealing about that for, for a lot of people. Uh, and also I think there's something appealing about – being able to get away from, from, from the screens that are in front of us all day, many of us, including, including myself, uh, and being able to just kind of close your eyes and, and imagine a world. I think in 2019, for a lot of people, that's even more appealing than it was in, in the thirties, for instance, when these original radio dramas were coming out. Right. Well, I mean, every good scripted podcast radio drama has to start with a fantastic cast. And I think you, you've got that in this spearheaded by by Rami and and he's such a great choice for the main role in this. I remember listening to him and going, yeah, this is good because watching him on Mr Mr Nobody or Mr Robot, excuse me, mm-hmm. and just hearing his voiceover narration, I was like, this he it makes sense. He's got that voice quality. How did he get attached to the project both as a an actor and a producer? Yeah, I mean, I th- I agree with you. I mean, I think he's I can't imagine anyone better for this role. I mean, he he's really he's got such a great memorable voice to begin with. But then also, you know, he's just he's in such strong control of of his voice as an instrument and can do so much with it, whether it's in a more kind of suspenseful, big dramatic sense or just doing these kind of little more subtle, almost funny little throwaway lines and moments. I mean, he's, he's really got a wide range of, uh, ability there. And, and it's no accident, you know, that he's won all these awards and, and, and won the Oscar, I think very deservedly. And it's been a lot of fun to watch him do that. But, you know, this is someone that's, that's been acting for, for quite a long time now and, and has really developed a sense of confidence, I think, over the years and in a range that, that is really rare and appealing. One of our uh, producers on the podcast, who is that former agent of mine that I mentioned, Rob Herning, he was connected with some people in Rami's team and, and knew that Rami was interested in, in, in doing a podcast sort of in the abstract, but didn't really know how to approach it or, or w- which particular podcast he wanted to do. So basically what happened is um, they set up a meeting with me and, and him and I, and I pitched him on the idea. It was that simple. Uh, Rami had, he had read actually a feature script that I had written and, and liked it. And so was familiar with my writing going into it, which is helpful. And then, you know, I just kind of went over the big picture idea and, and I had written a pilot for blackout and he just really responded to it right away. I mean, he just kind of got it right off the bat, you know, had some questions and, and, and had, had some input and for him being a producer on it, like, I think it's appealing to him because 
he wants to have a little bit more of a, a of a sense of of control, I think, and be able to take the original idea and and help propel it in in, in a direction that makes sense to him. And and so I think you know for any actor. Uh, at any level, there's something probably I would know because I'm not an actor, but I would think uh, that there is something appealing about being able to have a little bit more of a sense of agency and not just, you know, they spend so much time given instructions about where to stand and, and how to approach each line and, and also just spending so much time, you know, in wardrobe and makeup. There, there are a lot of logistics that go into shooting a movie or a TV show that, that you just don't have to deal with in a podcast. And so I think that was probably appealing to him as well. Yeah, my first introduction to Rami was actually through a video game of voice acting performance of his oh, well. uh, and, until dawn. So I, I, to this day, equate him to that role uh, and That's his character cool. that, that really looked like him on screen. It was a, yeah. a really cool horror game. And it actually reminded me a lot of his character in Blackout. The two are, are sort of similar in a lot of ways, and that was kind of neat. So we got to ask, you've been mentioning some of the things that are easier about doing uh-huh. a scripted podcast versus a filmmaking. What are some of the challenges that you may have encountered when you were adapting your script without having visual to use? Right. So, I mean, I think, I mean, we tried to be pretty ambitious about the scope of the story here. And some people might tell you that in a scripted podcast, it's really important to just limit the number of characters, for instance, and not have too many sort of, I guess, complications, you could call them. And I understand that because, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, when I listen to podcasts, I'm usually doing something else. I'm driving, I'm walking the dog. So it's hard to keep people's attention fully focused on the podcast. And also, obviously, you can't see you're taking away one of your (laughs) chief senses and and that limits your ability to pay attention to every detail to some degree but what we try to do is really use our sound design and music to keep listeners grounded and centered on the storyline which hopefully was effective i mean that you know we're really relying very much on our audio team to do that and you know they're really they're really the mvps and the and, and the heroes whatever you want to call them of this because we leaned on them so much but, you know, I think it's that and also you have to do a little bit more of calling out of things than, than you would otherwise. Although we try to limit that, you know, you probably say characters names a little bit more than you would uh, normally and that a little bit more than a writer normally would like to do. And just kind of reminding people of what's happening a little bit more. We have recaps at the beginning of all of our shows, which I think is really important and helpful. But it's all a matter of modulating that and figuring out the degree to which you have to do it because you don't want to just feel like, you know, you're holding people's hands through it. You want to be able to give your audience credit and, and which we try to do and give them the ability to keep up with what's going on in their own. But at the same time, appreciating that it's a little bit harder to do that in the podcast. So maybe giving a few more cues. Absolutely. And I think that radio dramas, along with the great cast, have to rely on that, that sound editing, that kind of magic team of people that yeah. comes in and brings it all together. Could you describe the process in, in bringing all those together? I mean, did you start with storyboards? Or was that part of the process? And were things layered? Did you, was it voice work first? Or were there, the, were the, the actors in the same room with each other? Basically, the way for us at least is we had, um, we had a mini writer's room for, for about six weeks of part time. So we were in, we were in a really rushed, not rushed, but we were in a, a timeline that was, let's say, condensed. And so we had to move quickly. We didn't have a lot of 
time to, to dilly dally and try to figure everything out. You know, I wrote the pilot and had a vision for where I wanted to see the show go generally. But then we we brought in a couple other writers who are fantastic, Katrina Albright and Nina Baker. And we also had a writer's assistant in the room with us. So that, you know, we, we broke the story first and did it in, in a similar way that you would for a TV show, but kind of a, a quicker timeline and a smaller scale, I think. And then we recorded and we recorded on a big soundstage here in Hollywood, which was really helpful, I think, because, well, just in terms of the sound quality is really important. But then just getting the actors who cast do it, feeling as if this in some ways isn't any different than a TV show or a movie. And so there's a lot of space. We position them in a way that you would for a TV show and not just sitting around a table so that they felt like they were just kind of reading a stage play. Like we wanted to make it feel as immersive as possible. And I think, you know, they all they all felt like that. And then, as I've alluded to and, and you said, like the, the most labor intensive and I would say important part of the whole process is the editing and post-production and sound design because it's among the most important things. I think editing maybe the most important thing in, in movies and TV shows too, but in podcasts even, even more so, I think, because that's really how we did our transitions and how we centered people in a particular place and scene and how we just found uh, those moments that, that really make it sing. So that has been the most labor intensive part of the whole process and it's it's still ongoing believe it or not as we head into our last episode here on season well for the listeners who who may have not actually started to check blackout out yet the sound editing is phenomenal and i I gotta give you props i know you're saying that that was something you really set out to focus on and you can tell as a listener um it is incredible uh it is immersive (laughs) i mean it is legit like you're sitting in a movie theater you know watching dunkirk or something without a screen on i mean it is it is very much like that and i really appreciate that no that's nice of you to say you know i i mean i i can't really take credit for it other than being involved in in bringing our team on we have director uh sean christensen and our sound engineers noah gersh and, and jamie reed and our sound designer brandon jones they're all just phenomenal and, I, you know, especially with Sean and, and Jamie and Noah, it's interesting. They all have music backgrounds. And Sean was in a band and Jamie and Noah are continuing to make music. And I think that's been really helpful to have people in those positions that take an approach that is almost like, you know, they see this as like making an album in a weird way. And they and they talk about that from the beginning. And so having people with those musical backgrounds, which, you know, I don't have. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a music lover, but not uh, someone that has any discernible musical talent at all. I think that has really, really added a lot rather than, you know, having a bunch of people that have been more traditional, I guess, backgrounds that you would have for, for music and sound design. I think it's been, it's been really nice to have that. Yeah, that's great. That's definitely helpful. Um, wh- what do you have coming in the future or what's on your like are you writing more scripted podcasts right now um what's next for you after blackout wraps out yeah i mean i'm working on a, a few different projects nothing nothing i can announce at the moment but i mean i would say for blackout you know we definitely we haven't gotten deep into discussions yet about where we are going from here because we're still in the middle of it like i said we only have one still left we are still working really hard at getting that into into a good shape and, and get it into before tuesday so we've just been really focused on that but you know we, we definitely the ambition and plan from the beginning is to keep it going you know into into another season beyond the first one so that that's the hope and, and that's that's the expectation 
expectation, I think, for all of us at this point. We just need to figure out how we're going to do it. And then, and then for me personally, you know, I just I try to get involved in as many things as I have the time for. And um, so hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be able to kind of announce more things than one. So here on the show, we like to uh, approach movies by focusing our discussion on how movies make us feel. That's kind of our M.O. And usually what we like to do is ask our interviewees uh, to share one film that had a powerful emotional effect on them in some way. And I was wondering if you had one of those. This one's a little, I guess it's unusual even for me, because I tend to be pretty character and plot driven writer. I don't necessarily consider myself to be someone who is particularly skilled or adept as sort of a kind of a visceral filmmaking perspective. Tone is very important to me, but I guess I'm, I, I, I don't always consider myself to be the most atmospheric writer, and I don't always appreciate the movies that rely more on that kind of feel than uh, they do uh, the story. I, I'm a very sort of narrative-driven person, I guess. So having said all that, though, it's interesting because I just I was just in Japan, and I just got back on Monday, actually, and on the flight home, since I was just in Japan and just in Tokyo, I thought I would check out Lost in Translation, I guess. Um, and yeah, I think I think I saw it when it first came out. I think I was like in college or something. Um, and I loved it the first time. I just wanted I, I wanted to watch it again just because I had just been in Tokyo. And I don't know. I was just struck by the movie on the second watch, especially because very little happens uh, in it. And, and that's you know that like I said, that's not necessarily like the way that I approach most of my storytelling. But I was just kind of blown away by how that movie just takes a feeling that I think everyone is kind of familiar with anyone that's traveled a long distance you know that sort of like sense of jet lag uh in malaise that really kind of like engulfs your whole being after you do a big trip like that and, and sometimes while you're on a big trip like that and just really you know centering the whole movie around that i thought was just fabulously done so that just kind of as far as your question about like what's you know, hit me on an emotional level. I, I it's a really recent one because I just rewatched it, but it definitely uh, it definitely got to me. Well, that's a great choice. Definitely one we both love. I was mouthing "Lost in Translation," hoping that that's where you were going to go. As soon as you said, "I watched this recently on my trip to Japan," I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, how perfect!" Like that's what I want to watch when I ever get to go to Japan for sure. So, yeah. well, it, it definitely captures uh, like cause I, I, the first time I saw it, I, I had never been to Japan, and another reason why I wanted to watch it again was to see. You know, it's always fun to watch movies. Like if I, I live in LA now, and I never lived in LA before, and it's fun to go back and you know watch The Big Lebowski now and like see some of the places that I'm. From familiar with and I wasn't familiar with before and some of the some of the little like cultural idiosyncrasies of Japan and Tokyo in particular that that movie really latches on to uh, really well so it was it was definitely fun to check it again well Scott thank you so much for joining us to talk about blackout we had a really good time just getting to know you and more about your creative process and we are excited to hear what happens in the finale next week all right well thanks so much for having me on it's, it, these are great questions and it's been a pleasure Listeners, if this conversation got you curious, be sure to check it out whenever you can. And if you like it, be sure to give it a five-star review on iTunes to help give the show a bit more positive coverage. Uh, coming up in less than 24 hours, we have our monthly donor pick episode on Snowpiercer, along with some fun bonus content for our patrons, giving them our top five heroines who kick ass. So you'll want to either listen if you're a patron or join and listen because it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, a few days later, we're bringing you our reaction to a movie that is somewhat 
famous Avengers Endgame. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. It's kind of breaking records in the internet all at the same time. So I'm excited to talk about it. I'm more excited to really watch it first. So that'll be a lot of fun. In any case, uh, thank you guys so much for a fantastic conversations and listeners to quote Simon Atani, take care of each other. Hey everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at FeelinFilm, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places and would love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.